Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast. For more information, go to gracelife.me. That's gracelife.me. So, uh, look, here we go. This might be one of the most important things uh, that I've preached all year. Could be one of the most important topics that you'll ever hear in your entire lives. If we understand this, we'll understand everything that we need to know to have the life that God intends for us. I truly believe that. And if I told you what this series was about, most of you wouldn't be here. That's why we came up with a creative name. The title for it is The Fundamental Principle. I think everybody says, well, I'd love to know what the fundamental principle is, at least right up until I tell you what it is. The topic is something most of us wouldn't want to talk about, especially as Americans, and especially if you're my generation and younger. We actually have an aversion to the topic that I'm going to talk about this morning. But what if I told you that that I could do a series And this series could potentially uh, remove most of your major life frustrations, solve many of your problems, and significantly increase your quality and your experience of life. That's something I think most people would want to be a part of. So that's where we come with this idea of the fundamental principle because the universe operates according to principles. And these principles are simply truths, fundamental truths, or ground rules for how things operate because God created the universe and he put certain ground rules and truths into place. We call them principles. And there is one that I believe is more important than anything else. I believe the most fundamental principle in the universe is authority. There you go. I let the cat out of the bag. Everybody's excited to be sitting here this morning learning about authority. We all love to talk about that, right? Okay, I know not, but, uh, and, and I know I'm on video and I can't see you leave, but you sit back down. Don't leave. You need to hear this, all right? Just kidding. You guys stay with me right here. Um, let me tell you this. The reason that most of us would never come for a series on authority is, of course, because we have an authority issue. We, we, we don't like when anyone else has it, and we want to have it personally. We want to be the ultimate authority in our lives. We want to be the people who I do what I want, when I want, with what I want, with whom I want, and the way I want. We want to be in charge. We don't like the idea that someone would come to us and tell us actually what we should do or what we get to do. How dare you think you can tell me how I'm going to live my life? It is my life. It is my money. It is my time. It is my body. It is my family. I don't care about your rules. I'm in charge. I will do what I want. Sound familiar? You don't have to raise your hand. Don't elbow your spouse. It's, it's who we are. It's kind of part of our culture especially. It's in humanity and twice as much in American culture. The problem with us wanting to be the ultimate authority in our lives is that this is simply not an option. It'll never be an option because there's only one with ultimate authority and therefore authority is the ultimate issue. I repeatedly see suffering and missed opportunities. One of the great privileges of of my job is that I get to walk through life with people. And sometimes that privilege means also walking through a period of pain with someone. And uh, a few years back, I had uh, someone that I knew, I was walking through a season of life with them, and they spent many, many months, I think it actually crossed over a year, that they were in great financial duress. They were going through a hard time. They couldn't pay their own bills. They needed to have family help pay the mortgage and figure out where the food was coming from. Uh, The kids would have to go without things that they needed. And all of this was because, of course, what makes you have no income, but you have no job. 
And the reason that he ended up with no job is because he violated one of God's principles. He had a boss that was very frustrating. And the boss was probably not a godly man, probably didn't treat him well. That's a whole other point we'll make in a moment. But despite that, the boss came to him, still being the boss and ultimately being the one in authority, the boss came to him at the end of a frustrating day in the midst of a frustrating relationship and said to him, I'd like you to do this this way. And his answer was, no. And the boss said, then you're fired. Immediately he realized what he had done wrong. He tried to take it back. He tried to fix it, but it was too late. He had violated one of God's principles and this is the issue that we end up with. Once we have violated God's principles, we find ourselves in a place of suffering because the truth is much of our suffering is self-inflicted. We've simply gone outside of God's authority doing something God did not intend for us to do. And so what I want for us is I want to help us live under God's authority so that we can live the actual blessings that he intends for us. This is not the way it's supposed to be. I want to help us have that. And so that's why I think that this is worth preaching. Instead of having a primary passage, I believe if I just came to you with one little scripture and told you one little story that you say, okay, well, that's nice, but I can discount that. What I would rather do is to try to give you a tour all throughout scripture to show you how this is a primary issue. So instead of a primary passage, I want to show you this is a primary issue all throughout scripture. So it's probably going to be difficult for you to follow along. For those of you who have your own Bibles, instead, just turn to the screen, pay attention to the screen, uh, and, and it's going to help you walk through as I go through some of these quickly. Well, why don't we start at the beginning? Everything started in the beginning anyway. And in the beginning, the ultimate issue and the ultimate problem was authority. And we're going to start Genesis 1.26. In theology, we call this the dominion mandate because it is the time where God gave all dominion to mankind. And it reads like this. Then God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion. It was actually God's intent that we would be completely in charge of planet Earth and over everything that is subject to us. We would have perfect rule and perfect authority over that. He goes on to explain that, that we would have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You see, this idea of dominion means to rule over, that we would have authority. Complete authority was given to man. We don't have that authority anymore. You guys know what I'm talking about? Well, we sat out on our deck the other night, my wife and I, we, we like to enjoy the weather. In Columbia, it's not often that you get to sit outside and enjoy the weather. It's, it's usually way too hot, but in the fall, you get to do that. So we, we had grilled out some food on the, the grill and made some corn on the cob and things, and we thought, we're just going to sit out on the deck with the kids and try to eat dinner. And I swear a swarm of 500 flies came up, and, and they wanted to eat our dinner. We, each kid was sitting there just screaming and terrified, and, and, and there's just 10 flies on each little plate attacking. And I'm thinking to myself, this shouldn't happen. I, I even stand in my office sometimes. We had a, a true story. We had a fly that came in the building and, and got into my office. I'm trying to prepare a sermon. And so this was clearly a demonic fly because it's buzzing around my head, keeping me from writing this sermon. And so, you know, nobody's watching. So, so I'm standing in my office, door closed. And I think, okay, let's see. Where, where's that authority I'm supposed to? Let's see how much that authority is actually back. So I stood there in my office and I looked at this fly as it buzzed around my head and said, in Jesus' name, die. And nothing happened. So what did I do? I do what we all do. You know, when you pray and God doesn't answer, you pray louder. So, so I tried this again. In the name of Jesus, I have dominion. Die, fly. Uh, just want you to know I'm living testimony that we don't have authority back. I now own two fly swats. They hang in my office. So we, we, we still need to try to get that back. 
Our frustration, though, with authority, here's the good news. Our frustration with authority is actually only half bad. It's actually half good. The idea that we want to be in charge, we want to have this authority, is us trying to get back to what God intended for us, that we would actually have the authority he wanted us to have in the first place. Now, I said only half good because there is something that goes with it we need to work on. But see, here's what happened. Adam and Eve unfortunately left God's authority. And that's what the whole struggle was over. God said, this is what I want you to do. And they said, well, we've reconsidered. We heard another voice. We've thought about it. And we're going to do what we want to do instead of what you want us to do. And so the whole issue in the beginning was that Adam and Eve left God's authority. And when humanity left God's authority, we lost ours. Ever since we've been in that battle, there's been a struggle for authority from that day on. You and I live in it every day. Sickness, death bankruptcy, the struggles that we face, the fact that someone who is not kind and not godly gets to be your boss and demands certain things of you, the, the fact that your neighbor can treat you the way they treat you. You maybe ended up in a situation where it's just wrong. It's, it's just unjust. And it doesn't matter what you could do. You're just small in a big fight and you're losing. And, and here's the reason. We live in a fallen world because God gave all of this authority to Adam. And when Adam sinned and came under the authority of the enemy, everything that belonged to Adam now belongs to the enemy. And we will spend every day until Jesus comes back fighting to reassert the authority that belongs to us, that belongs to God in a realm that currently belongs somewhat to Satan. Whole nother story. We're going to get to that over the coming weeks. This is where I said earlier, you and I, I know we want ultimate authority, but we can never be an ultimate authority because there are only two choices. We submit to God as the ultimate authority or we're trapped in prison under Satan's authority. But you and I will never be in complete authority. We will always have to choose whose authority are we going to be under. If that's not enough, let's go on. How about Jesus? Let's look at the life of Jesus. Authority was a key theme all throughout his ministry. Out of Luke, we see the story where he was teaching in the temple. It says, one day as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple and preaching the gospel, the chief priests and the scribes with the elders, had all of them coming after him, they came up and they said to him, tell us, by what authority you do these things? Or who is it that gave you this authority? These people hated Jesus. They were angry with him. They were frustrated with him. They wanted him to stop. They despised everything about him. They would kill him if they had the chance. And despite their blind, selfish, demonic rage that was taking place in their heart, as evil as that was, they at least got one thing right. They understood the fundamental principle. So they looked at him and said, who gave you this authority? Because they asked the only question that mattered. Understanding this, if it's God's authority, then they've got to submit. And if it's not God's authority, then they can freely oppose him. We have other stories with Jesus. Jesus met some people filled with demons. And the demons even said to him, please, please. They pleaded with him, don't send us here. Don't send us there. Instead, send us here. Because even the demons all understood. It was all about the fact that Jesus had authority to tell them where they would go, what they would do. He had complete control over them. Jesus would heal people at times. And instead of just saying, hey, you're healed, get up and walk. He said, your sins are forgiven and would turn to the crowd and say, you know why I said that? because I want you to know that I have authority to forgive. We saw where Jesus sent out his disciples and he sent them out when he did. He said, look, I give you authority 
over sickness. I give you authority over the demons. And then we know also, uh, we call it the Great Commission. After Jesus was crucified and he was resurrected, that he's, he told his disciples, look, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go into all the world. And he started it like this. All authority has been given to me. And so I want you to go into the rest of the world and carry out the mission. And you can do it because I have all authority. How about the book of Revelation? If we went on, do you know the entire book of Revelation is nothing but a battle for the assertion of authority? And if that doesn't get our attention, maybe the warnings that God gives us should. This comes out of 2 Peter 2 that says, we like the first half of the verse, by the way. The Lord knows how to rescue the godly. Many of us have quoted that. We hang on to that part of it. But it also says that he knows how to hold the unrighteous for punishment and on the day of judgment. And then he goes on to qualify what some of those unrighteous, ungodly people do. And he says, especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the flesh and despise authority. Well, wait a minute. As God is reserving judgment for this group of people, the worst group of people that he can describe, he only uses two descriptors, and one of them is that they reject authority. They rebel against authority. It seems like authority is a pretty big deal to God. Maybe it should be to you and me. Since authority is the most fundamental principle in the universe, then you and I ultimately only have one choice. We either submit to it or we fight against it. That hurt, didn't it? Whoever likes to hear the word submit. As Americans, the word submit is something that's in our mouth, but not in our ears. We can only say it to people we don't ever want to hear it. And so it hurts when somebody looks at us and says, your choice is submit or suffer. Submit to it or fight against it. Look, it's a principle. And the problem with fighting against this is it's really like fighting against gravity. Uh, you, you're either going to defy it and, and fail and get hurt. And it's the same thing with authority. If you defy it, I promise that you're going to fail and you will always suffer for it. I spent much of, of my young life suffering. And one of the reasons I think this is so important is because of, of the lessons that I learned, the struggles that I went through, and the difficulties that I had. You see, for me, I grew up watching a TV show, and for those of you that are going to try to date me, I want you to know I was watching the reruns. But it was a TV show called Black Sheep Squadron, if anybody's ever heard of it. And it was a, based on a true story of this group of Marines. And these Marines were pilots in World War II. And they were horrible with authority. I know they're supposed to be Marines, not very good ones. Uh, they had a problem with all authority, always in trouble, always in the brig. And so they somehow got together, put this little band together. They took over an island that where some, some of the other soldiers were actually all on leave. They took their planes and they began fighting the Japanese. And they succeeded at doing so well at their mission that, that the military let them keep doing what they're doing and overlooked their rebellion against authority. And, and I looked at that and thought, oh, good. So I can do what I want as long as I'm good at what I want to do. I can live the way I want. I don't have to listen to teachers. I don't have to listen to parents. I don't have to listen to policemen. I don't have to listen to pastors. I don't have to listen to friends and mentors. I don't have to listen to anybody. I'm in charge. I'll do what I want. And it was especially backed up by the mantra. The, the leader of the unit had this mantra. He would always say, rules are meant to be broken. And I'm just going to tell you that's one of the most demonic thoughts that you can buy into. Unfortunately, no one told me that. And I bought into that thought. And I spent years and years of my life thinking that whatever a teacher said, it was my personal mission to try to break it. And of course not get caught. I was pretty good at not getting caught. So here's the other thing is, is I was really a pretty bad teenager, but most people who knew me didn't know that. They didn't know I was always the one causing the problems and doing those things. 
I think this is so critically important. So as I said earlier, there is only one with ultimate authority. So if we're not going to fight against it, if we're not going to spend the rest of our life suffering, the only question we really have is how do I submit to him? How do I submit to the one in authority? And there are two ways, two sides of one coin. We submit to God first through his word. Scripture says this in 2 Timothy 3, all scripture is breathed out by God. All scripture is breathed out by God. That one passage alone is worthy of an entire message on why we can trust the Bible because God, through his spirit, worked through men. It may have come through the pen of a man, but it is still ultimately from God. And so what this is telling us, I don't have time for that whole message. It's going to have to come along with me right here. What this is saying is that all scripture is from God and all scripture is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And here's what that means. If you are living in any way in contradiction to anything that God's word says, then you are not living under God's authority, at least in that area of your life. And chances are, I would put money on it if I could talk to you one-on-one, -on -one. chances are you're suffering because of it. There is something in your life that you hate, you wish could be another way. You wish people would stop chastising you for the thing you do. You wish people would stop saying this. You wish that consequences would stop being that way. Whatever the story is, I don't know your story, but when we choose to live contrary to God's ways, we are outside of his authority. And, and this is for free. You know, most of the time when we suffer, we get down on our knees because suffering draws us to God. And we get down on our knees and we say, God, please do something about this. And what we are really doing almost all of the time is asking God to remove the consequences that naturally come from getting outside of his authority and his blessing. Basically, we're saying, God, I defied you and I, I'm going to keep defying you, but would you please take away the consequences? The second way that we do it is to submit to God through human authority. I'm gonna read some verses. We don't like these. We don't like these. We wish these weren't even in the Bible, but they are. And it's uh, Romans 13. And it says this, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God, and consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Look, there is nothing uh, more painful than to be a preacher and to preach on something because you live it out. You, you, you always live what you're going to preach. God is not going to let someone stand up and represent his word if they are a hypocrite at that very thing. And so uh, I got a speeding ticket this week preparing for this message. Very frustrating moment in my life. And, and you know, everybody's got those stories. Of, well, uh, in my case, I was actually in a rental car on a road I'd never been on and on a business call at the same time and had people in the car laughing and, and totally distracted. Great excuses. You know what the truth is? I was outside of authority because there were speed limit signs. I chose not to do that, even though I wasn't aware. It's my job to be aware. The bottom line is this. If I'm going to stand up and preach on authority, God says, really, are you going to be under authority? See, look, I understand how difficult this passage is because at the end of the day, we do not like having to obey other men. And we also know the most problematic uh, issue with this verse is that we've seen evil men. The dictators in history come to mind, wait a minute, if God instituted everything, are you telling me God did that? 
Now, that's going to be part of the series coming on as to how we're in a battle for that authority. And, and Satan has some authority on planet Earth and he uses some people as his agents to carry out evil. God ultimately comes back in and, and, and works in that area. Whole nother message. Come back for more of that as we talk about that. So I, I don't have time today to talk about how we deal with ungodly authorities in godly ways because there is a way to do that. That's a whole nother message in and of itself. But all I want to say is this. Always obey the higher authority. We never have to obey an authority that is telling us to do something that is sin. We don't have to follow someone who is saying, contradict God. Contradict God's word. At that point, God's blessing would be on you to walk away from that. But most of the time, that's not the issue. Very rarely do we have a police officer or a teacher or a parent or uh, someone who's in charge of our lives, a boss or, or whomever, who is telling us, I want you to sin. Most of the time, they're just telling us to do something and we don't want to listen. We don't want to follow their ways of what they would have to say. But here's the thing. If they're not telling you to sin, obey. Obey. We don't want to pay taxes because we think we disagree with the philosophy of whatever party is in office at that point in time. We don't like the way they're using taxes, and we think that gives us a right to not pay taxes or to evade taxes or, or, or whatever the case is. No. You drive on these roads. You live in this land. It doesn't matter if you don't agree with every single thing. They're not telling you to sin. They are duly elected. And so sometimes it stinks. We obey the signs. We obey traffic signs. I hate to go slow. I hate to go, guess what? Now I'm paying for a ticket. We, we don't like to obey those signs that say wet paint, don't touch. Now the truth is nobody's going, I really wish I could get permanent paint on my hands. But we think, I don't want somebody telling me I can't touch. And we do it. And we see signs, park closed. And we go and play in the park anyway. We take the soccer ball. We look, oh, there's no policeman around here. I guess I can do this. How about the signs that say uh, walk on the sidewalk, not on the grass? What do you do? Forget the sidewalk, walk in the grass. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Here's the problem. Even though those authorities are not always perfect, God uses human authority to teach us the principle of spiritual authority. God uses human authorities to teach us the principle of spiritual authority. How we respond to people is ultimately how we're going to respond to God because God put those people in our lives as training tools to learn a lesson. And if you really want to get out of this, you really want to get out of this school, then pass the lesson. Understand that as long as you keep fighting God, when you say, I'm not going to do what my teachers say, I'm not going to do what my parents say, I'm not going to do what the policemen say, I'm not going to do what my boss says, you're going back to school. And you're going to stay in school. And you're going to keep suffering. And God's going to keep sending more bosses and more teachers and more people to frustrate you because God is getting at something in your life. And that is that you are not the ultimate authority. He is. And even if that comes through men. And listen, for the young people in the room, I, I, it is sad to me that this is not taught more often than it is. That this is not something that you hear repeatedly. I think if I were to go back now and be a youth pastor, I would preach this every six weeks or something. I would just keep saying this because you are determining the course of your life right now. You don't understand the consequences that come from this. If you're, your parents aren't perfect, can I just go ahead and tell you that? They're human beings, so they're not perfect. They're going to screw up. They're going to have bad days too. And they're going to have a bad day when they walk in the door and you've done something like get a ticket or fail a class. And they're going to, they're going to explode because they had a bad day and you just made it worse. They're not perfect, okay? But the problem is when we, we decide that we don't have to listen to our parents. We don't have to listen to our teacher. 
We don't like the coach so we can quit the team just because, you know, he seems to be pushing us a little harder than we want. We get a car. We learn to drive. It would be a lot fun to go faster than we should, so we're not going to listen to the police officer or the laws. Or we think it would be fun to get together with some friends and toilet paper someone's yard, even though we know that is against authority. You are determining right now the course of your life because everything you sow, I promise you will reap. Why do you think your, your parents are telling you like, oh my gosh, everything I ever did is coming back on me? Exactly. The worst thought that every single one of us has as parents, all the parents in the room are with me on this. The worst thought that we have is when we get children and it floods our memory of everything we did to our parents and it's suddenly, oh my gosh. I think there are people who actually avoid having kids just because of what they did to their parents. I taught school for 11 years and guess what? I should have been a better student. I tortured some of my teachers. One, one teacher in particular, this, this poor lady, she was not the brightest teacher that I had, which kind of made it fun. Shouldn't be fun, but it was fun at the time. So she would turn around and paper airplanes would come flying at her at the board. I actually brought her to a point of tears. And, and when I was in high school, that seemed like fun. And we laughed at that. Well, guess what came back? Having students that no matter how kind you are to them and no matter how hard you try to help them, that they are making your life absolutely miserable. I'm telling you, teenagers, if there's anything that I could say to you, it is to say to your parents, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, to say to your teachers, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, and then to look at God and say, God, I'm doing this for you. If you could get your life in order by trusting him, you will have so many future consequences removed. They won't be there because you will not sow that into your lives right now. Authority plays out in our life in three key arenas. That is what I want to help you with. I want to help us win the battles that we're losing. And there are three key areas of life where we're losing them. That's what the rest of the series is for. I want to encourage you to come back. I couldn't answer all of the questions today, especially the big question about where is God and where is Satan in this ultimate battle for authority. I know we want to hear that. That's one of the weeks. Come back and, and let's talk about that. Look, I already understand the topic of this is not something uh, that is very attractive, but the results are. Every single one of us wants to have God backing us instead of resisting us. We want to live a blessed life. And I believe that it's absolutely possible. But the one thing I know is, it's not about how much you pray, oh God bless me, oh God bless me while I defy you. It's not an issue of prayer to have a blessed life. I believe it's primarily an issue of authority because authority is the most fundamental principle in the universe. And so one thing we do here every week at Grace Life is give people an opportunity to know about Jesus. I want to tie that into what I just said. For you, this may be the day where you finally say, okay, God, you can be the authority in my life. And up until this point, you've said, I want to live my way. I want to try it my way. I want to do things my way. Maybe you've suffered some consequences along the way. Maybe you're finally reaching a point where you say, this isn't working. I, I, I will never be able to be good enough to be with God on my own. I need something. And what you need ultimately is Jesus. You need a Savior. You need forgiveness. But most people, when they look at that, they say, I would love to know I'm forgiven. I would love to know that I can spend eternity in heaven because Jesus died. Sign me up. What we don't like is the way that the phrase goes that I will make Jesus my Lord and Savior. You see, Lord says, 
I submit to you. I will make you the authority in my life. We love the idea of Jesus being our Savior, but it's really not an either or, it's both. And so I know that that's a challenging way to put it, but I think it's the best and most honest way that I can put it for you here today. And so what I would like to do, if you have never um, taken a moment where you've said, okay, I need a Savior, but I'm also willing to make Jesus Lord of my life. I surrender. I want to submit to your ways. I want to live the life you have for me. I want to experience all of that blessing. I want to help you do that this morning if you've never done that. I'm not going to embarrass you. You don't have to stand up or come down front or anything. We're going to pray right where we're seated. If you would, just would you all pray with me this morning and pray something like this to yourself and to God. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your forgiveness in my life. But I acknowledge it's not just about a free trip to heaven. I want you in my life. I want you to be Lord as well. I want you to direct my steps and I want you to lead me to the life that you have intended for me. And so my simple hope in this place today is that you will give me a life of great purpose and great meaning in your kingdom. Amen. Amen. Let's celebrate with those people. Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast. For more information about us, you can go to gracelife.me. That's gracelife.me. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash gracelifeme and on Twitter at gracelifechurch.com.